Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 197. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? So this week we're talking podcasts on the podcast. Um, How many times do you think I'll say podcast today? But before then, I just want to say something that's really funny. I just had to stop because I got stuck as to what I was going to say next. And I went back and I just re-listened and it made me think of something. Ever since I got captions on Instagram, I've never realised how many times I say er or um. Have you, like, have you done it? Put the captions on, talk on camera, put the captions on, then read what it says. And you know, I always sit there thinking, I did not say that. I didn't say uh and um that many times. No, I did. I've just never noticed before. Anyway, and I know I say so a lot on the podcast. (laughs) It's like my lead into the next thing. And I'm trying to not say it now I've said that I've said it. Oh, it's going to be so hard. Let's crack on with today. Today, I've got an interview with the very lovely Victoria Benyon. She is a podcast booking agency where she works with top entrepreneurs, coaches, authors to build their brands and grow their businesses through leveraging podcast interviews. Victoria has trained journalists. She's a qualified marketer, experienced social media manager, and she helps authors and businesses reach their goals through effective marketing solutions. She and her team have booked hundreds of podcast interviews, helping clients establish their authority, building their platforms and share their message with the world. She lives in uh, Dorset in England with her husband, two children, two rabbits, a cat and her parents. Boy, that sounds like a busy house. And in her spare time, she writes for children and is a member of the Golden Egg Academy. I don't know what that is. I'm going to Google that as a minute I finish this. 
Today, we chat about why you should consider being a guest on a podcast. And I really do want you to listen to this, even if you're sat there thinking, I haven't got a podcast and I don't want to be a guest. The authority that you can get by coming on a podcast and being interviewed. And one of the things we talk about is like, when you think about other ways of putting yourself in front of other people's audiences, one, podcasts could tend to be very niche. Now, mine isn't very niche. I know that. I think I niche where my audience are concerned. Certain people, I attract certain people, certain types of business owners. So I think that's my only niche really on that front. But you can get some really specific niches on podcasts. And the difference really between a podcast and something else is the length of time that you get exposure for. So if you're coming to do a, I don't know, a takeover or a TV something or a blog, whatever, it's not very often that you'll find something as long as a podcast talking for that length of time and getting that much attention. I know some of my members, we often talk about getting in front of other people's audiences and they get really nervous with the thought of going on a podcast. It's just like anything else, just getting used to it. That's it. The first couple of times, you'll probably be really nervous. You might stumble over your words. You might, um, I say I said "Mm," there as well. (laughs) You might think it's terrible, but you're not going to get any better until you do it and do it and do it and do it. So I would really urge you to take a listen. She gives some really good advice about how to pitch, what to do. I talk about lots of experiences in terms of how the pitches I get and I really don't like and that sort of thing. So I think this should be a really, really good one. I will leave you to it. Here is the lovely Victoria. Okay, I am really pleased to welcome to the podcast today, Victoria Benyon. Victoria, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good stuff. We were just talking about the fact that we're both in the UK, which now feels very unusual interviewing UK people uh, (laughs) after doing so many American colleagues. So uh, Victoria, we always start off with the same question. I'm sure my audience are very bored of it by now, but we're going to go with it anyway. (laughs) Tell everybody who you are, what you do and how you got to do what you do today. Okay, so my name's Victoria Benyon and um, I book business owners, authors and coaches as guests on podcasts to increase their visibility. Uh, So I began my career in journalism actually Um, I studied at the London College of Printing and then I went into journalism for about a year before moving into communications and marketing I worked at the Arts University in Bournemouth and I headed up their project Southwest Lifelong Learning Network before moving to uh, University of the Arts London where I worked for their student services department in the marketing Mm -hmm. And then I became pregnant with my daughter and we were living right in central London, um, in, opposite the Barbican. Right. And I was really sick. Yeah. Really, really sick. And I hadn't moved doctors. So I came home and I think I was about eight months, eight weeks pregnant at that point, really sick. Managed to get home and um, I didn't go back. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of that. And I had one freelance marketing clients at the time um I was working for the museums libraries and archives council doing their newsletters on the side so I thought oh maybe I can just build this up you know keep this going um and that would fit around my daughter so that was that was what I did and I started taking on small business clients on the whole and um, some authors because I I'm also interested in writing so I was kind of writing as a hobby and then doing some marketing 
workforces. And um, then I found that I was sort of full wall to wall with work and it wasn't kind of the balance that I thought it was going to be. Um, so I decided to kind of reevaluate. And at that time, I was doing a course, um, a Tim Graal course, you know, the book marketer. Yeah. And um, just kind of updating on what the latest latest thoughts were on book marketing for a couple of our author clients. And he mentioned um, podcasting, using podcast guesting as part of a book launch strategy. Mm-hmm. So I had one client, she was a non-fiction author, and um, I said, how about we try this alongside your social media? Her book was coming out in a few months, let's try and get you on some podcasts. So we did that, and um, it worked out really well for her. She she had a good call to action, which was letting people book a free consultation with her. Mm-hmm. And she found that it, as well as selling books, she was sort of booking up her uh, rotor of clients really well. So I realized that it was actually quite a powerful strategy. And um, I took on another client which who works in um, consulting, basically leadership. And again, we booked him podcasts um, over a course of about 12 months. And it led to so many more opportunities for him than just promoting his book. You know, I would find I would reach out to a leadership podcast and they say, oh, OK, he looks great. Would he be interested in doing webinars for us? Can you put us in touch and do some consulting and then he got more speaking opportunities so it seemed to be a really powerful strategy and um I enjoyed doing it too the actual contact with people Mm. I think I'd fallen out of love with social media a little bit Mm. so um I decided to kind of go all in on that and focus on podcasting cool that's nice so have (laughs) you ever had a podcast yourself yeah I'd like to start one soon. And so you're toying with the idea of... I'm toying with the idea, yes. I like it, I like it. So tell me about then, because obviously one of the things that I get Mm -hmm. as a podcaster is lots of requests from podcast agencies. And one of my... And and do you know what? In one way, it's nice because it means that Mm -hmm. I can really handpick the people I want to reach out to and therefore I'm not having to find guests regularly Mm -hmm. which is quite nice but the other thing is I get the most inappropriate suggestions for guests that they have evidently never looked at my podcast or listened to one episode or seen who might be my audience so how do you make Mm -hmm. sure that you're matching the right podcaster to the right interview because it's not just about this is this is a two-way yeah. thing, isn't it? You know, we've built up mm. these big podcasts, these this audience Absolutely. thing. So it's like, it's got to work yeah. both ways. So how do you make sure that match works? Yes. Yeah, it's really got to be win-win. And I think you've got to go in with, with that view, not just, you know, my client wants to be on your podcast, but what are you bringing? So firstly, when we take on a client, we really try to understand who their target audience is, you know, before we even start looking at podcasts. Then we would start researching podcasts. So if it's an author client, often I'll ask them, which other books sit on the same shelf as yours? And then we'll take a look at those authors, maybe what kind of podcasts have they been on or just who you're trying to reach before we start doing the research. And then when we come across the podcast, we listen to them. And we look at the kind of the topics that have been done. Has this, what the client can talk about, has this been covered before? Was there a gap? Is it something they could add to the conversation that you've already had? That kind of thing before we even put together the pitch. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that's so important because I often get as well, I'm such a fan of your podcast. I think, what absolute rubbish. Yeah. If you were a fan yeah. of my podcast, you'd know that I don't have <laughs> sleazy sales, you know, men right. who tell us how to earn, you know, six figures in six minutes. And yet that's who you're pitching yeah. me, which I just yeah. find completely frustrating. But then interestingly, mm-hmm. there is one podcast agency that send me a lot of people and they have now got me bang on. Like, you know, ah. so that for them is a total win-win for me and them. Yes. Because I know when they come to me, they're bringing me the right people, but also they yeah. know this person's going to be perfect. And what's really nice mm-hmm. when I deal with them is afterwards, and normally one of my team do the kind of, you know, logistical side of it, but afterwards they will email my team member and say, you know, how, how did Teresa find the interview? And I always feed back. And they always give mm-hmm. me feedback about, and it's normally very nice oh, feedback okay. about the interview as well in terms of, you know, I had one just the other day and she was like, yeah. she's going to talk to you all day. It was ace. And, you know, so that was really nice as well. Oh, that's great. So let's go back a bit that's in terms great. of, um, I was just interested in, in your side on that, because like I said, it's a real okay. frustration of mine. And my temptation right. to go back with something a bit arsy is so mm-hmm. strong, but I don't. I just forward it mm, to my team surprise. and go, that's a no. Yeah. So let's talk about, because okay. we talk about, we have talked about podcasting a fair bit on this podcast. And I know that we have some audience that have podcasts and some mm-hmm that totally could be guests like they are really niche they're really good at what they do Mm -hmm. and they totally should be putting themselves forward as a guest so why should they even consider that strategy over maybe some others okay well with podcasts um you have the niche audience so you can really speak to the people who are your ideal customers And then people have you in their ear for 30 minutes to an hour. So they really get to learn about you and your business, the person behind the brand. And it really helps grow their know, like, and trust factors that you don't always get in the same way with other mediums. Mm. You know, if you think of traditional media, if you're lucky and you get an interview, it might be cut to sort of three minutes. So you've not got the chance to kind of build the relationship. Yeah. Whereas podcasts will give you that additional depth. Yeah. You've also, um, as you were saying, really, when you bring on um, a guest, the fact that you have a relationship with your audience, you've taken the time to build your podcast, Mm. to nurture the audience. You're the common thread every time they tune in. So when you bring on a guest, you're giving them a bit of credibility, really. You're saying this person's okay Mm. with me. It's not a sleazy salesperson, which also helps the guest, really, with connecting with the audience. And you're absolutely right, because I am really, I take it really seriously. And sometimes mm-hmm. there are interviews that I've been asked to do or people have asked to come on and I'm like, mm, you're just not a good fit with me. Or I will watch a lot of stuff. I will look at other interviews and I will listen to them being interviewed when they asked to pitch or they pitched me. Mm-hmm. And I'll always ask to have an example of other interviews they've been on. Yeah. And I will listen to them and think, even if I don't think our personalities mm-hmm. will gel, I'm very laid yeah. back. I'm very relaxed. I like a laugh. I, mm-hmm. you know, we're a, when, yeah. when people talk about my podcast, they talk about it as if they're just listening in on a conversation. And if I don't feel I can do that, then obviously mm-hmm. that's a, that's a problem for me because yes. the other thing as well that I find with some guests coming on is that you, that interview may not be as strong as it normally is. And what if people are dropping mm-hmm. in on that first interview? What if that's the first time they've listened to us, you know, Absolutely. and then they think that's the standard. So for me, yeah. that match is really, really important. So tell me about 
like, okay, so let's say I've decided I want to give this a go. Now, obviously you're an agency and I don't yet use mm-hmm. an agency to go out for me because I also pitched on yep. podcasts, obviously, because yes. I speak, I'm growing my brand. I am a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, I like yep. talking. So I currently do it very slowly and a bit inefficiently yeah. through my team. Uh, not that my team are inefficient, by the way, they are excellent. It's me that's inefficient. <laughs> yeah. So w- yeah. what's your strategy? If you just sat here thinking, do you know what? I'm going to try and get on a podcast. How would I even start to go about it? Well, do you know, you had a really great guest on, didn't you? Jeremy Enns, mm, who I, I listened to. And um, I loved his strategy. He had a landing page, didn't he? Yeah. That he puts together a video about himself mm-hmm. and why he'd be a really good guest. And um, so he stood out totally for you. Stood out. And, and like I said, it was podcasting. I didn't, you know, I yeah. wasn't going to have more podcasting interviews. But yes. one, his personality was just so mm-hmm. in line with me. Two, yeah. the effort he'd gone to and the fact that he wrote a review yeah. on my podcast and yeah. screenshot that. Like all these little elements for all the people mm-hmm. that ask. And normally I would say, oh, we probably get a request a day, if not yeah. more than that. Like, you know, so we're going mm-hmm. through like 30 odd interview potentials a, a month when I only interview really two people a month because I do every other. So I don't even interview yes. on every episode. So for me, he really stood out and that was so good. And, yeah. and actually the only thing he really personalized to me was the mm-hmm. email, which I'm sure came from a template right. and the fact that he gave me a review. So yeah, those were, were great strategies, but go on, sorry. They're good ways to stand out though, aren't they? Mm. I think um, so he, if you, you need to be clear that what's in it for the host. Mm. So, I mean, I would first start with researching the podcast. If you're going to do it yourself, have a look, have a look at podcasts with the same audience that you're trying to connect with. You can do this by searching on iTunes um, you can look at listen notes, you can uh, Google, you know, if it's leadership podcasts or if it's new mm-hmm. business startups, you could Google that best startups and you find lists. Yeah. And then from there, you need to kind of dive down into them, though, looking at each one, look at the topics that they've covered um, and see what you would like to talk about, what you would bring and if it would fit listen to the host style is it a match with yours um you've probably everyone has their own criteria you know we have uh, clients who say no swearing or that kind of thing so you'll have that other criteria and would I like to talk to this person can I have a conversation with them and then don't just dash off a template that you hand out to all the podcast hosts mm-hmm. it's the same you know I love your show I could be I would be a great guest because yeah. but and then leave it there because like you said, you get a picture day. I was speaking to uh, Cal Fussman um, of Big Questions and he said he gets 50 a day now. Wow. And, you know, so it, it gets really hard to stand out, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think what we do is we would say do a review. You know, if you've listened to the show, you think it's a great fit, do a review and screenshot it. Leave five stars. Talk about the show. Talk about something you've listened to mm. and then why you think you'd be a bit a good fit, you know, what they talked about that you could build on or where you think there's a gap in the shows that you could fill. So I think you need to demonstrate like why it's a win for the host, because as we said, you know, it's an audience you've taken a lot of time to build a lot of money to build the editing that goes into it. Um, So yeah. And be honest, if you've only just discovered the show, say I've only just discovered the show, not 
I love it. I've listened to it. Which, you know, again, and... is what Jeremy said. And I said that on the podcast. The fact that he was honest and said, I've just discovered your show, but I listened to mm-hmm. such and such an episode and I really liked it, rather than just yeah. outright making up some yeah. rubbish, like you've been a yeah. long-term listener, you know? So yeah, absolutely. much appreciate the honesty rather than just trying to flatter my ego. Totally. And then make it clear that you know who the audience of the podcast is, you know, demonstrate really that you've listened. I know your audience of business owners, you know, would they be interested in learning about? Mm. And then put some bullet points with what you could talk about, um, what you could teach them, you know, because it's about learning, not selling Mm. again with this strategy. So don't come on with thinking, I'm just going to sell my product. It's about adding value. Yeah. You know, if the benefits will sort of come down the line when you've shared and been generous with your information. Mm. And um, so once we've kind of covered that in the pitch, we would also say what what our clients, what we would do for the host. You know, we will spread the word about your show via email, via our social media platforms, you know, and leave reviews, which we've, we've usually done first. And that kind of thing really just... What you, how it's going to be a win-win for both of you. Yeah. And I think, again, that's really important. So I've had some humongous guests on, you know, I had Dean Graziosi on, he's huge. Like, and, and he reached out to me, which was absolutely gobsmacking. But Brilliant. the funny thing is, right, as wonderful as a guest, and he was excellent, mm-hmm. like the interview was brilliant. I was very honoured to be interviewing him. And then literally yeah. a matter of weeks later, I was doing an online event with Tony Robbins and he brings on his guest, Dean Graziosi. And it's like, because they're best mates. And it's like, oh my God, that is insane. But I literally sat having this kind of conversation with him. And then, but yeah, but what's interesting is obviously someone at that level doesn't share, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they're huge and they don't necessarily share on their stuff. So for me, one thing that is interesting and one of the things that is on my application form um, because if someone comes to me and I like what they've written, I ask them to fill in the application, mainly because at that point I've normally made up my mind in terms of, yes, mm-hmm. they're coming on, but the application gives me and my team everything we need. So, and it right. gives me a bit more detail. So we only have to look in mm-hmm. one place rather than like, oh, we haven't got their photo. Oh, we haven't got their bio. We haven't got this. So that's yeah. really important for me. Um, so Yes. And obviously one of the questions I ask on the application form is how are you at sharing this? You know, I Mm -hmm. won't share it. I'll share it the week it comes out. I'm a content repurposing (laughs) queen or whatever the terminology is I wrote on it. So, you know, because we, as me and my Mm -hmm. business, we do lots of sharing of other people's stuff. So if I'm interviewed anywhere, if I'm on speaking anywhere, if I'm on a podcast, Mm -hmm. then I make sure it goes into our big content machine gets chucked out a number of different times so that's really important and can make a huge difference I remember I had Jasmine Starr on who again is huge and Jasmine shared it on her Instagram story before I did like so it wasn't like I tagged her and she shared my post she Mm -hmm. put the post up and yeah that was amazing and Jasmine's episode to this day Mm -hmm. I think I haven't checked for a while but certainly the last time I checked was the most downloaded episode I had so that was amazing you know Mm -hmm. super powerful so the sharing thing from my point of view as a host Mm -hmm. is really important because my job as a host is to get more people to listen more people to plug me into their ears and and listen Mm -hmm. to me and 
and get value from it. So, so that's really cool. Okay. Absolutely. So I think the other thing, sorry, before we move on, um, another thing that's really valuable about the strategy is it gives you, as a guest, constant content that you can repurpose and share across your profiles. Mm. You know, you've asked questions in different ways and you come up with different answers. Mm, yeah, so that's another benefit. Really strategy, isn't big it? benefit to, to the person yeah. coming on. Because do you know what? If someone said to me, can I have a copy of the recording or could I have, mm-hmm. you know, can you give me the audio file? Absolutely. Yeah. And we give them, we give them obviously the artwork that we produce, which are normally videos with the wave and the subtitles, so all that sort of thing. So again, yeah. if they haven't been on a podcast or they haven't done many, that's great content because I, you know, your audience can hear your voice, which maybe they haven't yeah. done to this point. Absolutely. The other thing mm-hmm. we're doing, so I did a series called Small Business Superstar because I was getting mm-hmm. sick of being approached by what we like to term right. as bro marketers who are like, you know, I earn, yes. I'll tell your audience I earn seven figures in three minutes and it really yes. gets on my nerves. So mm-hmm. in to counteract all that, and also I'd had some huge names on who had huge businesses, which were yes. amazing and wonderful. But sometimes I just mm-hmm. thought, I love the motivation and inspiration those conversations get, but I didn't like the fact that my audience couldn't maybe relate specifically yeah. or get an actual what do I do with this mm-hmm. or how do I get to that level type thing? So yes. I started this whole season called Small Business Superstar Podcast, which was on a yes. Thursday. So we doubled up, which mm-hmm. would double up the work. Right. And I interviewed, I, I asked for small business owners to apply who maybe mm-hmm. didn't think they could be on a podcast, maybe didn't think they could be yeah. on one of my size and asked them to tell me one thing that they did in their marketing, just one thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. what kicked it off was one of my amazing members, Toria, in my membership, she mm-hmm. uh, COVID hit, lockdown happened. She has a shop, a physical shop. She decided right. to, after she hid for a bit, because obviously she was a bit like, what on earth am I going to do? She then mm-hmm. decided I'm going to go live. So she went live and it wasn't slick and it wasn't, you know, really well produced yeah. with cameras and lights and all this sort of thing. <laughs> it was just her on her phone and she sold stuff from it. Like she actually oh, sold. Wow. So one thing, that's all she did. So got people to apply they came on did it so what we've done because we've just ended season one we weren't sure if it was going to be seasons or not we were playing that way yeah we've just ended season one and what we've done is we've put together and by the time this episode comes out they'd have had it they haven't had it yet um we put together this kind of pack for them so we've recreated a different image i've created a badge saying i was on Mm -hmm. this podcast and then what we've done is we've given them an email of basically, right, these are four or five different ways you can use this to benefit you. So, oh, and credibility for you and show yeah. off this thing and that thing and whatever. Um, and actually, as I'm thinking, I wonder whether giving them the audio would be would mm. be a good thing to do or giving them the Zoom link as well. Yeah. Just because then they could go and use that on their stuff. I'd need yeah. to check how I look on those videos first. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm, sure. if I'm looking awful, they're not going out. Um, no, no, they don't need them then. Um, but yeah, so I love that. I love the fact of, for mm-hmm. you, it's giving you content. And I have to say, yes. as a, and I'm completely taken over here. Sorry, I've like got on a soapbox no, and I'm just no, like no going all out. Um, <laughs> I have to say as well, like to to have that content to then share out and to talk about. And, and when you do an interview, that's the thing I was going to say, actually. I lost my train of thought then for a second, which I do all the time. The audience are very used to it. And um, when you do a podcast interview, for me anyway, and I think mm-hmm. if you know your subject, which I know 
if you're listening, you know your subject. Mm-hmm. You might not believe you know your subject, but you do know your subject. It's easy. Like yeah. they book in an hour. I rock up. Mm-hmm. I obviously need to make sure I'm looking vaguely decent because obviously I'm possibly going to be on camera, sometimes not. Yeah. And they ask me questions and I don't mm-hmm. prep. I don't think about the answers because I've done this for so long now. I know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Also, yeah. I'm very happy being authentic. So if I forget mm-hmm. what I'm saying, I'll say I forgot. Let me yeah. rethink that. But yeah, I, and, and so for me, from a terms of content production, Mm-hmm. This is a really easy, me it being interviewed is a very yeah. easy content production for me. So if I can then reuse that, brilliant. Anyway, yeah. I'll let you were crack on. Well, <laughs> actually, another thing, um, another benefit that came to me when we were talking is also if someone's going to do a few interviews, you're building up the backlinks as well. Mm. So they're getting the backlinks back to their website. Yeah. You So you're going to show up so much better in search. So you, you know, you've got the authority when someone Googles you. You've got the authority or, you know, you come up on a whole page of Google. Mm-hmm. People can click on your interview and have a listen. And you could have recorded that interview eight months before yeah. or, and you can still get leads coming in, yeah. and, you know, and it helps people often be pre-sold because they've had, they can listen to you for an hour, get to know you before. If it's a sales call, you hop on. Mm-hmm. That can help. And then you've got, like, say, the SEO benefits coming to you from all mm-hmm. posts links that they share so it's just so many benefits I think to the strategy yeah huge huge okay so let's say for instance I've got on someone's podcast okay yeah now one of the key things is it's obviously we're going to have a conversation Mm -hmm. you'll people ask me questions and I'll give those answers and the hope is that uh it's going to come to something as in they'll come and discover me and find me and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. one of those kind of call to actions that I should be focusing on and what should I not be doing because as a host I actively discourage selling you know so I've had I get lots of systems and you know what I mean by systems as in like I don't know social media schedulers or marketing platforms lots of businesses that are systems that want to come on and talk It's of course they do. They want to talk about their system. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I say yes, if I know the yeah. system or use it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. I don't. So so how do we get on that, convince the audience to love us? And then what yeah. do we get them to do with that? Okay. Well, I would have, we always tell our clients, have a few stories up your sleeve, really illustrate what you're talking about, but go on to add value, to teach and to share And what you want is at the end of the interview, they want to learn more about you, you know, so then you send them somewhere they can learn more about you. Mm -hmm. Not lots of places as well. You need to keep it simple, not three links. You know, you can follow me on Facebook and here and here because that just gets complicated for the listener. And sometimes where podcasts are portable, people might be out for a run when they're hearing you. And yes, they can look at the show notes, but just try to keep it straightforward. I mean, some of our clients would put together one landing page Mm -hmm which has, you know, a video intro and then all their links. You know, you can join our Facebook group. You can, but think about your funnel, really. Um, what are you going to do with, with your potential clients? Um, or do you want them to sign up to your newsletter? In which case, you know, if you have a lead magnet that you can leave a link to at the end mm. and then make sure that you're nurturing your list. If your strategy is trying to grow your Facebook group, you could just send them directly there. Mm. So make sure that you've got systems in place so that you are nurturing them they're not just coming there and it's dead but you you know it's consistency is really important I think with this strategy it's this is the first step in your relationship 
um, you know, the old rule of seven, people need to sort of seven touches with you to buy from you, maybe even more. So your podcast could be the first one and then they could get a newsletter from you or join your Facebook group and get more content and more value. And then what you hope is to turn them into customers from there. But you shouldn't really go on to the podcast thinking sell, sell, sell and be really salesy because that's just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I have had a few podcasts, a guest that have given me landing pages they do mm-hmm. tend to have been the more organised of guests, I would say. Yeah. And for me, I don't have a current landing page. My mm-hmm. kind of go-to is either go listen to my yeah. podcast or go find uh-huh. me on Instagram because that's the place you'll Absolutely. see me most, although I've got lots of different links. But maybe now I'm thinking that isn't strong enough and maybe doing something like a pretty link of, you know, TeresaHeathWang.com forward slash whatever the podcast is or an abbreviation yeah. of the podcast might be an idea to because they yes. as much as that sounds like hard work to someone who might be listening thinking geez that's that's a lot of effort mm-hmm. one I you know you have to remember if you're starting day one you don't need to do this but two yeah. when you when I create landing pages we can just duplicate them so mm-hmm. they don't even necessarily have to be any different necessarily just the that's page okay. name changes you know I guess as you as you get more organized or whatever then you might do videos and things like that but otherwise mm-hmm. I think you know just a standard page that maybe just the header gets changed saying thanks for listening to me on whatever I guess the other real advantage of that is knowing how well that type of podcast did for you yes yeah you can see the leads coming through it gives you a way to track it as well doesn't it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely which is really good so so when I first started interviewing my very first interview was Pat Flynn. Like I didn't make it easy for myself. Wow. Um, like the king of podcasting at the time and YouTube and yeah. content. He's had something like millions of downloads. I can't even think what it was. It was like 11 million or something. Mm-hmm. It's obscene. So I wow. I did some research about like what makes a good host because mm-hmm. just because I can talk doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily mean I can interview people because that's a very different skill. Yeah. So I went on and happened to find a video from Pat Flynn, which was ironic, given that it was him I was interviewing. And he talked about the fact of, you know, conversational style is best. Don't go question one, question two. Or And I have, I've been on the receiving end of that when someone's gone, question one. And then we get, I give them my answer. They go, thank you. Question two. And it's the most awkward, horrible thing ever. But anyway... So I looked and obviously I found out, you know, how I should do this and whatever, and, and then did my interview with Pat and it was great. And, and luckily for me, my very casual style has, has been exactly where I want it to be in terms of like how informal it is. Um, yeah. But what if someone sat there thinking, but I've never been interviewed before. Mm-hmm. Like, what should I do when I get on it? Or, yeah. or what shouldn't I do to make a good or yeah. bad guest? Okay, so I think... You Well, when you supply marketing materials, when we work with our clients, we come up with suggested topics. Mm-hmm. So before you even get there, think about things you can talk about like, confidently. And there will be some. As a business owner, you are an expert. Mm-hmm. You, you live this day in, day out. You do know it. You might not think you do, but you do. Mm-hmm. So come up with sort of three to five topics that you could talk around maybe for up to an hour come up with some sample questions and then practice them you could you can practice them with a friend you can write the notes out if it's audio you know you can have prompts around you you can uh, and remember that a podcast is a one-to-one conversation so Mm. 
try to shut out the fact that it is going to be listened to by uh, lots of people. But, you know, if you focus on the one to one, we find that that you know, can help with the nerves as well. Mm. And, I think, and stories. I think stories to illustrate your points is always quite good. Yeah, really good. And I think if you've got a good host, <laughs> then yeah. they will not let you flounder because I yeah, I can't that's because that's that's my reputation on the line. So uh-huh. if I can see someone struggling or the other day I interviewed someone, and I'm laughing because it happens to me, whose dog was in the background, although my dog, I would <laughs> never allow my dog in anywhere near me uh-huh. because they would, I have a very excitable dog and he would just be like that. But her dog was in the background sleeping, which was fine. You know, we, we were doing the interview and then obviously something woke the dog. He jumped off the chair and barked and she jumped like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and bless her, she tried to mute her mic, which of course by that point it was too late. So of course I just owned up to it and went, oh, do you know what? My dog does that all the time. Every time they bark, they oh. scare me to death. And I'm like, you know, but this is, you know, real life. And I think Yes. I think what's helped with that scenario is going through mm-hmm. the COVID, going through the fact that everybody yes. works from home now. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's been a lot more sympathetic to the fact of I record yeah. a podcast from home. I mm-hmm. always have done. I have my stepson, who's literally in the other room. I have my daughter, who's, I don't know, downstairs on her iPad or something. Mm-hmm. Outside, as we speak, is my dog walker playing with my dog in the garden and next door is a childminder whose children are out making a flipping racket all day I'm not a big tolerant with children you know but yeah hopefully you can't hear all that on on this episode but you know it's real life isn't it and that's where we are now so so I guess from my experience as a guest I want Mm -hmm. you to uh try as hard as you can to have a yes. silent space um mm-hmm. to have a good mic but it doesn't mean it has to be the quality that I'm at it just has to be yeah. a mic that I can hear you well enough oh absolutely um yes. things like you know and you've been really good at this things like not moving too much so I think I've moved about three times in this episode which is more than I would normally do <laughs> but every time you move you get all that noise that might have to be yeah. edited out I have jewellery that I wear, so I have things under my arms so I can't hit the desk as I'm doing it. Uh Um, You know, we have headphones in so that hopefully there's no feedback noise. And so there's all those kind of practical bits as well that can really help. Yeah. I remember as well, just quickly, one of the really funny episodes where I interviewed, I'm not even going to say who it is. It's a live episode. (laughs) If people have listened, they might remember it. And um, It was a live episode and he did it outside. Oh. Right. But at one point, I think this was back, it was very close to the beginning of the interviews. Yeah. At one point, my husband was editing it and he's like, is there a pterodactyl in his background? (laughs) Because I swear to God, the noise of this thing was so loud. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just too much. And then there is an episode out there that I've done outside because I was in a location, I was away traveling, because obviously Mm -hmm. I speak a lot or used to when we could travel. And I was in a location that the inside was just too noisy. I couldn't have found a quiet space. So I tried to huddle up outside. And when it was being edited, they were like, there's a lot of birds in the background. (laughs) Like, I know, I didn't. Oh, I've just hit my mic. There we go. Look, I told you I try not to move. That's why. So I was like, yeah, I know. I tried to like hide up the sound, but anyway, anyway. So those kind of practical things are really useful. Yes, the equipment. Yeah, that's something we always go through with our clients. Don't rely on your inbuilt 
the computer mm. microphone and things because it's not usually good enough but it doesn't need to break the bank you know there's the blue yeti or the um audio technica yeah quite good now that you know sort of 100 pounds ish yeah and if you're going to do it pounds. properly as in mm-hmm. if this is going to be a strategy then absolutely yeah. it's worth it and it's done a webcam yeah. for the for the show that i record video is good yeah but also i think before you even approach host have a look at your online presence you know review your website does it you know does it look professional is it because mm-hmm. that's a host checks it out first don't they before they book always you. what's your social media presence always like is it professional too. is it yeah. current is it you know make sure you've sharpened up all those things before you reach out yeah and i had another one actually mm-hmm. um another story that i had someone reach out to me, yeah. want to be a guest. So I did my due diligence. I checked the site, checked the mm-hmm. social media. Social media was looked like slightly inflated follower numbers based on engagement. But I just yeah. thought, okay, you know, let's see. Mm-hmm. But the site was slick as anything. And then my yeah. stepson was in the room overlooking my shoulder or talking to me as I was looking at it. And he's like, what's this? And I thought, oh, she's applied to come on the podcast. And then um, we were looking at the speaker page. And I think I just said this recently. I might have even been to Jeremy, actually. And on the speaker page, my stepson said to me, there's no pictures of her speaking. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. The most Instagrammable pictures you've ever seen in your life, but none of her speaking. So I dug a bit more and I dug a bit more. And basically, there was no substance behind any of the the things that were said to me. So that's exactly Uh what you've just said. You know, so if you're there saying, I speak on lots of podcasts, give me the links to those lots of podcasts or have those podcasts on your website or you know, Absolutely. prove to me that that's the case. Because again, a bit mm-hmm. like a customer going through a journey, you know, at that point, if I see anything that puts a shadow of doubt in my mind, then I might go, I'm not sure about this actually. So therefore we'll probably just give that yeah. one a miss. So yeah, yeah, the, the website thing's really good. Um, mm-hmm. So what would your suggestion be like in terms of the fear thing? Because I know this is something that people often uh, stops them doing anything so they want to get out there they want to be seen okay. they want to be an interview but they are terrified <laughs> of doing that whole thing yeah. what's your suggestion to them I just get started small you know try to prepare that as we talked about just get your materials together um you know accept that you're not going to be perfect you don't your message doesn't have to be perfect when you start just have an idea and as you do more podcasts, you will refine mm. it and you will gain confidence. The only way to gain the confidence is by doing it. Yeah. You know, so just start smaller. I mean, often if I have clients who hasn't done any interviews, you know, we start with small, small podcasts, mm. small audiences. And then when you've done 10, you've got that under your belt. You're much more confident in you, how it will work, how, you know, mm. how you can speak about your topic. And then it just grows. I think be consistent too. It, decide that you're going to give this a go, you know, for a few months, maybe a year. Mm. Um, because there's a delay as well, as, as we were talking about. Yeah. You know, often podcasts are batch yeah. and then they are released a few months down the line sometimes. Mm. So, you know, if you're, you know, you're not necessarily going to get an ROI immediately, but also, you know, just take your time. If you just do it steadily, yeah, one a week or a couple of months and then, and your confidence will build. Yeah. And I always say, you know, you treat it like a numbers game. So mm-hmm. your task or your action is to set yourself a number of podcasts to ask to go on. 
whether they say yes or no is not a concern. Mm -hmm. Let's not worry about that at this point. Because if you set yourself the task of, I want to be on 20 podcasts in the next month, then if you don't get on 20 podcasts, you're going to feel like you failed. And and actually, you might not get on that podcast because like Mm -hmm. me, sometimes people come to me and I'm like, well, we've just talked loads about it. Mm-hmm. I can't have you on, you know, Absolutely. not because I don't think you're any good, just because it's not the right yeah. time. So it could be nothing to do with you as to why mm-hmm. you've not been a guest on that podcast. So, but if you set yourself the action of I'm going to apply for yes. five a month, mm-hmm. then tick the box as long as you do, you're going to get some yeses. Of course you are. You know, if you're Absolutely. targeting it right and you can really add value, then I'm mm-hmm. sure people are going to say yes at some point. Yeah. So. I think if you spend the time on the pitch and really making sure you're a good fit, it, it really does increase your chance mm. for yes. So don't try to do too many things. Well, I'll apply for 10 and you do it really quick, mm. that dash job. Apply for fewer and take your time and make sure they're good pitches and they're a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So one final question then, more out of my own nosiness mm-hmm. than uh, anything, which is normally the case. Okay. If I could like pick <laughs> someone's brain while I'm interviewing them, it's always helpful for me. Um, as well as the yeah, audience. So why would someone, so as I've already disclosed, I get agencies come to me, some I think great, some I think you're absolutely terrible because you've not pitched this right. I don't choose an agency as of yet. I know Mm -hmm. lots of friends who are in this space that do and are very successful Mm -hmm. with it. Why should someone consider using an agency over approaching a podcast themselves? Mm. Time is such a huge factor. I think if you're really busy and you've set an aim that, you know, you want really want to grow your business and that's like your real priority, mm. perhaps you're more established and, you know, really in growth mode, that will be the time to contact an agency. If you just don't have the time to do all this research, to yeah. reach out to podcasts, if you want to have a professional representation, people have different takes on it. Mm. We're speaking to some hosts who like dealing with an agency, they sometimes feel that, you know, that makes the uh, potential guests if they're so busy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they've got someone dealing with it for them. There's that you can, but essentially I would say time. We do have some of the connections, but we also will research podcasts we don't know. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it's time. If you want to just show up, say you think, do you know, I've got 30 minutes to an hour a week, I could do this, mm-hmm. but I just can't do the pitching. I can't be sending all the information and, yeah. you know, everything. I just want to show up. That's where an agency can help. Okay, cool. And to give my audience a rough idea, and obviously if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you're thinking, I really like this, you can do it yourself, obviously, yeah, which is going to take absolutely. time. But just as a comparison, just so you've got this in your head, what would someone mm-hmm. look to pay for? Mm-hmm. And how does it work? Is it based on like the number? And I'm certainly not asking you to divulge your figures um, if you're not That's comfortable okay. doing that. But no. Like, you know, do they pay for how many they're booked for? Do they pay for how many they yes. for? How does that work? How many they're booked for? Okay. How many they're booked for? So yeah, when we take someone on, we need to be quite confident that we can book them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we would have a quite an in-depth conversation to make sure that they're at the point, the right point. We have some very small packages where people can just book for sick mm-hmm. and get started over three months. And we have much larger packages for somebody who's perhaps done podcasting before or done speaking mm. at least and you know have something to promote yeah, yeah. so yeah it's on guaranteed interviews so. okay so that's good to know that it's on that mm-hmm. and yeah so a rough ballpark of like what could someone expect to pay if they wanted you know 
to bring on an agency? Yeah, well, with our agency, so about 1,200 would be our starting package. Okay. And then it would go all the way up to 10,000 for 12 months of sort of 50 podcasts. Book. Wow. And, so. But again, I think that's where you've got to look mm-hmm. at, especially if you sell. I actually got a client in my 90-day mm-hmm. program, which is, uh, well, at mm-hmm. the time they bought, it was about 3,000 from one podcast, right? I swear to goodness, I've never had it happen again, mind you, but it happened. Yeah. She contacted me, said, I heard you on such and such a podcast, not mine. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to do the 90 day program with you. And she did. So, yeah. from, so although absolutely. you might be sat there thinking, oh, that's a lot of money, especially in the early yeah. days and absolutely in the early days. Oh, my God. Do it yes. yourself, it you know. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. I think from my point of view as a host, I have no problem on either side. I don't yeah, favor one over the other. What I mm-hmm. what I look for more than anything is that you've understood who the podcast is and that yes. you're a good fit. So whether an agency yeah. does that brilliantly, which like I said, there is one lady who mm-hmm. seems to have got me now. So when she suggests someone, I'm pretty confident that, yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're just someone that's outreached, like Jeremy outreached personally, um, yeah. you know, and made a bit of an effort or gave me a good reason you know mm-hmm. Dean Graziosi his team member his assistant sent me a dm I mean he is Dean Graziosi but you know again right. if I get you know stuff like that I'm likely to then yeah. say apply mm-hmm. or send me some more details yes. but but yeah I don't yeah. mind either way really but mm-hmm. it's just good to know that if you especially at that point scaling then you've mm-hmm. got to look at it as another marketing thing so yes. you were going to spend ten thousand in a year Absolutely. on that absolutely and if you've got a higher ticket offer like you said Mm. if you make one sale what's that worth to your business you know and then you've got that visibility down the line well it's a kind of an investment too because they're up there they're evergreen yeah yeah discoverable so yeah yeah we also have a toolkit actually we do uh for people who are just getting started oh that's so which includes yeah media kit template so you can do your one sheet yeah um we have a starter list of podcasts with contact details sample pitch brilliant and you get a consultation so you can talk through your strategy so because you know sometimes some of our clients are authors fiction authors and they don't have a big budget we wanted to do something that was you know helpful to them too yeah really helpful no that's great we'll make sure we link up to that in the show notes thank you victoria it's been so lovely to speak to you thank you so much for coming on and where would you like my audience to reach out to you? <laughs> okay, so I just have one thing. Excellent. <laughs> I have a free checklist, actually, which includes the steps to take to make sure your podcast interviews are a success, um, which you can get at victoriabenion.com forward slash checklist. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on, Victoria. It's been lovely well, to Thank you so you. much for having me, Teresa. Really enjoyed talking to you. There we go. That was the lovely Victoria. Oh, and by the way, between uh, recording that first section and recording this section, I went and Googled what the Golden Egg Academy is. And it's for people who write books for children, just in case you're wondering. So have a lovely rest of your day. I'll be back next week with a solo episode talking about seasons of life and how you manage at different seasons of life with your business. Hopefully that'll be good. Anyway, I will see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review.